0: 97.1 FM Talk on Demand Audio.
1: Well, well, well. Let's get going here for Friday. Re- Reardon, Round Sable, Sue Thomas. First and foremost, in the house, say hi to you as we will uh, get through the afternoon together. Hello, Mark. I'm um, very excited about this day because I'm heading to Howard County, you know, to uh, slaughter helpless animals after oh, the show. Can so we sure not word we, well, it that way? Well, I mean, way. I guess I'm just being honest at this point. We'll uh, we'll cover that throughout the afternoon. Let me introduce the panel. Donna Behringer playing the role of Jane Duker this afternoon. Or I guess Jeff could be playing the role of Jane <laughs> yeah. Duker. Jane is off. State I'll let Donna represent- do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Donna, what you have to do is just talk nonstop, and then I have to shut your mic off and interrupt people, all of those things. You've been. You, you, not your first rodeo. No, I think you can do sounds it. Sounds like fun. That is uh, former state senator Jeff Smith, who is often with us as well. Jeff, how are you? I'm great. Good to see you. I'm sure you are, and we'll get to that as well. And former state senator John Lamping is with me, who spent some quality time on a very depressing election evening. Welcome back, John. You should have just stayed here the last couple of days; it would have been Kinda easier. I feel like I did. Yeah. So let me let me start with uh Jeff and Donna. Will have their say. I'm going to start on this side of the building real quick. Just where we are right now, John, because we we still don't have results. It's not looking very good for Blake Masters and. Arizona. Arizona. I think that's kind of out of the question at this point. I think Carrie Lake might still win. Laxalt trying to hold on in Nevada. If that doesn't happen, then we're looking probably at a Democrat majority.
2: Well, yeah, for sure. So um, I think Laxalt actually of the two is going to be the most difficult. Uh, there's a, what's going on in, in Clark County um, is I, I don't have a sense, and no one really has a sense of exactly what's going on there. The way they do in Maricopa County. So Maricopa County. Uh, the uh, Republicans did a really good job of being prepared for this to possibly happen, and I, I, the information that I have and the detailed information that is available to the public, quite frankly, uh, is such that I think that sh- uh, Lake's going to end up winning by five or six points. Like we know, we know the vote that's out, and the vote that's out is going to break hard to her. I mean, uh, but I should say, but at the beginning though, that what's happening in Maricopa County is third world in nature. You know, I, I hope that the midterms end before the end of the deer season, but they may not. But uh, but anyway, so back in I America, don't think they will. Yeah, yeah. But, gotta, so it's about ten days here. I don't think they will end. I think that I think Lake's going to win by a. a, a a sizable enough margin that I actually think she'll pull masters across the finish line. Okay, I I don't see it that
1: way, but Jeff Smith, what? You, so you you're just to be clear, you think Laxalt's going to end up losing that?
2: No, I think he's. Uh, it, uh, well, I think it's. I think it's. That's the razor's edge. That's yeah. like a few it's thousand close. votes. A few thousand votes. Where right now it looks it looks better that he you know, he's got a he's got a margin now that looks like he could win. But um, but I think the Republican Party doesn't really quite know exactly what's going on. Fifty thousand votes show up in Clark County yesterday. We don't know where they came from. We don't know about that. In, in Maricopa County, we, we have a very specific detailed analysis of what's out. Like like there's a whole universe. There's about three hundred thousand votes where they were mail mail out ballots that people filled out or, or had the mail out ballot. But they didn't trust the process. So they went in to vote. We had there's 223 voting centers in Maricopa County. And from the very beginning of the morning, 20 percent of them didn't work. There was not enough ink in the cartridge or something. And so uh, so, so what happened was, is that people came to the center to vote. They either they, the machine didn't work. The lines were three hours long. They went back to their cars, got their mail in ballots, filled them out and then put them in a box and there's 290,000 of those Yeah, and you that can do That's what's amazing counted.
1: to me, that you can do that. You can fill out your ballot and you can drop it in same day. Now, look, I'm not alleging any kind of massive vote fraud or anything like that. What I would say is we got to figure out a better way to count votes. I mean, it seems like Florida can do it. Brazil can do it. Why can't states in this country right. count votes in due time, Jeff or Donna? You yeah, j- wait explain a minute, wait a minute, me. wait a
3: minute. I'm on elections for the state. We passed our legislation. It went into effect for the primary, I mean, for the general. And basically what it said in, in Missouri, you can now vote early. Two weeks ahead of time. Right. No
1: excuse absentee, no right? Exu-
3: you call, no excuse. I call it early voting, and it worked perfectly. 16,000 people in the city of St. Louis voted before the actual election. So the night of the election, we had our numbers. It was in-person voting. We loved it, and we were able to do a citywide polling places as well. So Yeah, but th- that's go, a
1: little different than, than filling out
2: your ballot that day and then just dropping it right. in at a box. Oh, I, look, but that's just, why it's just,
3: better. Pro- the way we're doing it is better than what I they're feel doing. I think so, well, too.
2: Well, that's true. And, and, and to the extent we executed, Missouri executed on their election law and and what we're seeing uh, you know second time around is arizona cannot and uh and nevada is another place where they're, they're not doing a very good job so and then california you know they've already said that the mayor's race in california uh, it's, gonna be call for months. Yeah, it's gonna I take a december look so. jeff
1: no matter what what happens here unfortunately because of the process people are going to land on conspiracies right they're going to think that votes oh, for i know it's already out there and and that's frustrating because I, I want the process to work. But I also think we we have the right to know results within a couple of days, not within a couple of weeks. If these laws are resulting in counts that take this long, I think they have to be changed. Yeah, I mean, you know, we can talk about the details of the process, but
0: we the election was fought on the you know, you can't change the rules afterwards. And based on the results that came in. It was a pretty good night for Democrats. I would
1: say so, unfortunately. And, you
0: know, you have, if you look back over the last uh, near century in American politics, up until a couple nights ago, there were only two election cycles where the party in power in Washington, D.C. didn't lose seats in the midterm. One was in 1998 where Bill Clinton had just been impeached by an overreaching Newt Gingrich-led House majority. And when they impeached him, his approval ratings actually went up from about 55% to 70% because people were like, the economy's going really well and we don't wanna get rid of this guy, you know, despite his personal behavior. The only other time was in 2002 in the wake of 9-11 when George W. Bush, you know, the country kind of rallied around the flag and he was very popular and then bludgeoned Democrats as being quote unquote soft on terror. Other than those two cycles, the party in power usually gets destroyed usually loses 30, 40, 50, 60 seats. Well, that's a wave election, 30, 40, um, 50, 60 that, seats. Well, the average is, is about 35. Right. And, and, and we saw significant waves uh, on both sides. In 2010, a Republican wave. In 2014, a Republican wave. 2018, a pretty good Democratic wave. This was the first midterm in, really, since 2002, uh, 20 years, that we didn't see a big wave. Okay, And we can talk question, about why. Quick question, yeah.
1: Yeah. Why? The number one reason why? Two words, Donald Trump. I don't think that's the number one reason why. I do think it's a contributing factor. The one thing I would say, and I do want to be careful because I'm not a big Trump person, but the the piling on is is probably a little extreme at this point. Plus, his brain's going to explode, so we got to be careful about that. It just might splatter all over whatever format he's using right now. But- John, I'll start with you. Reason, why did this happen? I mean, we, we were I was surprised I was on the rosier side of this. I think a lot of people were. And by the way, a lot of Democrats were, you know, present company excluded. But, you know, Jeff, a lot of Democrat consultants had kind of bought into the notion that this was going to be a bloodbath. Right. Absolutely. OK, so we can
2: we can talk why House we can talk why Senate. I think why Senate is is uh, more interesting. So um, so let's talk about why Senate. Why Senate? Why? Why haven't we picked up through, you know, 52, 53, 54? So let's talk about what is, what is Donald Trump's role in this whole process or what his role was this election cycle. So he went in to do uh, the Senate races and he endorsed candidates. And when he endorses candidates, he doesn't give them money. He doesn't set up a PAC in that state with strategists. He doesn't participate in the political process itself. He lends his endorsement and he's willing to raise money. He did like 50 fundraisers for his candidates. The, the person whose job it is to win Senate races is McConnell. McConnell raised and spent a quarter of a billion dollars. McConnell has a PAC. They hire strategists. Think more they're, than that it was $400 million. Well, they're, they're in the States. Okay. And so what McConnell chose to do in the primaries is he chose to support the non-Donald Trump person. And he spent tens of millions of dollars attacking the Trump candidates. In some cases, he won. Like in Colorado, he won. But in the other places where he attacked the Trump-endorsed candidates, especially in, in Las Vegas, I mean, excuse me, in Nevada, in uh, in Arizona, in New Hampshire, that person came out of the primary bloodied because they were negative attack ads that McConnell was running. And then when that happened, McConnell took his money and left. And so there, you look at the amount of money spent in Arizona for Masters and for Kelly. Kelly's uh, Masters out spent four or five to one. McConnell spends nothing in that state. He takes that money. He, spends, he He, well, he spent to a lot in Ohio. And, he well, he spent a lot in Ohio. He spent a lot spent in Pennsylvania, a too. Pennsylvania too. Right, right. But Just, that is, his job is to win the majority. He also spent tons, ton, uh, t- a ton of money in Colorado. He spent a ton of money in Alaska to have Murkowski win, which is not to be determined till December. Which when it's certainly going to be a Republican coming out of that okay, state. But if you're, no, but trying, no, plays, you're trying, his trying to, blame. J- I know Mitch is certainly going to be a Republican coming but, out
0: of the state. In the in the congressional race, the outlawed congressional race, a Democrat won. Okay, well the Republicans gonna win Alaska in the Senate. We all know that, okay We don't all know so. that <laughs> we we know that Lisa Murkowski is a great general election candidate in the race, but by your standard right there, it didn't work in the
2: congressional race. You you thought a Republican would win, but a Democrat won. So my my point is in the Senate is that the job, the, the person whose job it is to win the Senate majority is Mitch McConnell. It's his okay, job.
1: that That's fine, John. But look, you, the quality of the candidate matters. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, we took care of business here in Missouri. Republicans did. And that was in jeopardy, too, because we know what happened during the primary. And Eric Schmidt was a solid candidate. He won. Going away with it, despite the numbers in St. Louis County. But Oz was a carpetbagger. He was a guy that wasn't a strong candidate from the beginning. I think he got better. He actually surprised me. I think he exceeded expectations. Herschel Walker, not a good candidate. Um, Bolduc, not a good candidate. You can go on down the list. Some of these governors. Why did Mastriano get crushed in Pennsylvania?
2: Because he was a terrible
1: candidate. I
2: I, I agree. But, I mean, all Trump did was endorse them. okay? Okay? That is what he did. He endorsed these candidates. He didn't run campaigns. He didn't run the Senate campaign to run the House campaign. He didn't run a gubernatorial campaign. So you, if you blame him for picking the wrong person, it, there's a lot more that goes on beyond that. Well, I I agree with that. I think that this is
1: multifaceted. But to, to pin this on McConnell at this point, I yeah. think, is unfair as well.
3: Why don't we bring this to Missouri? What happened in Missouri? Because that's I, I, I there was everyone thought there would be a wave one way or the other. And there wasn't. And I love to look at numbers. So usually midterm. When you look at the elections, I looked at the Republican races in the rurals. And normally, you know, two, three thousand people. I was looking at races that were garnering seven, eight, nine thousand in the rural areas in Missouri, but they didn't do a big wave because we picked up three seats. Yeah,
1: Democrats picked up three seats in the House, right?
3: Yes, and they were good candidates. It goes back to good candidates and good field work. But the other thing I saw: I have eleven polling places, and I spend the entire day going from polling place to polling place, and then we all get together that night and say, "Well, did you see anything different?" I saw something I have never seen before. I saw more younger women voting in my district than I've ever seen. So I think the influx, because I think Trudy Bush Valentine helped that get the women vote out locally. I think, and I I think that's that's what changed. As in, it equaled out. That's why there wasn't a big red wave or big blue wave because red got theirs out and blue got theirs out. So we're. We the, other, the other
1: thing I want to mention here, Jeff, I want you to kind of chime in here. But Ted Cruz made this point yesterday, and I was kind of piggybacking off this. And I think, John, you might have even said this on Tuesday night, that when you use this as a, an example in Missouri here, um, let's say Vicki Hartzler was the nominee. I still think she would have won, but she had never really run statewide, right? Nope. Eric Schmidt had run statewide. Oz hadn't run statewide. Don Bolik, a lot of these candidates didn't have the infrastructure. This politics game is very complicated, right, mm-hmm. Jeff Smith? So you're, if you're untested, if you haven't been to every corner, your state, if you're a carpetbagger like Oz, that's not going to play in your favor. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even compare Vicki Hartzler to those folks because she'd been in politics
0: for, you know, 20 years. That's right. As a state rep, progressively more responsibility and more territory as a congressperson. She knew the game. Uh, Whereas Trump just plucks these people from obscurity because they're deferential to him or they're willing to say whatever he needs them to say, which is denying the results of the 2020 election. That's why he plucked Bullduk from, you know, relative obscurity in New Hampshire. It's what he did with Dr. Oz. He likes these celebrities. So he was attracted to, to that aspect of Herschel Walker, who probably had less understanding of public policy than my nine-year-old. So when you take candidates like that or candidates who are totally out of the mainstream philosophically, like Blake Masters, who also had has like anti-charisma, then you end up, he elevated them. He bound them to positions like election denial. Uh, That were totally away from the median voter in those states. And so you can't polish a turd. No amount of money that McConnell could have spent in some of these places would be enough to put them over the top, even though he did try in Georgia, in Pennsylvania, in um, Ohio. You can't say that he didn't he did everything he could. But once Trump had anointed them then it was hard for anybody else to win those primaries. Well, what
1: part of this, though, was driven to Donna's point? Because I think we underestimated, on my side, Dobbs. Do you agree with that? I mean, if you look at the single women voters in particular, the 37-point swing to the Democrats, that's a monster number. Yep. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. without a doubt, Dobbs helped, and we saw a foreshadowing of that in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Do
2: you agree with that, John, that Dobbs did play a role? Well, Dobbs, Dobbs In certain areas, it plays yeah. a role. But, I mean, we picked nine points with women, did we not? Republicans overall, did better with yes. overall women, women by yes. nine points. Look, the Republican Party... Is the party of the working class white men, working class white women and married anybody. OK, that's the Republican Party. If you're married, if you're a married man, you're 14 points Republican, if you're married female, you're seven points Republican. So if you're married, you're hard Republican. And, and then so things like access to abortion. Now, I know that you have friends and there are listeners that are married that think that abortion is a right that women should have. But but it, that's not the issue for our demographic. What is Republican Party? That's not their big deal. Hang on. We have two more segments of the Rear and Rounds able to go on this Friday afternoon on St.
1: Louis's home for conservative talk. 971 FM talk.
2: Get more at 97.1 talkcom